you're welcome. Thank you for coming. It's been a long day, and all. And uh, I know I don't know how many of us were in the church on Sunday. Wanted to see if we have any questions. Supposed to be Bible study, so this is a time we have the opportunity to ask questions and provide some dialogues, so we can uh, we can both have. Uh, proper understanding. We talked about the fact that we were created for service and, and we have some deliberations and, um, and try to expand on that a little bit just to see how, how that applies to us and how we can make that applicable in our daily, daily life. Amen. Do we have any question um, that we might want to start with? Um, just any question or clarification? So we, we talked briefly about, you know, um, looking back to the creation to see how we understand what is going on in the mind of God when he was creating the earth, um, see how we can piggyback on that and try to figure out what we're here for. A lot of time, kids, we ask us the question, and we as adults, we find it difficult to answer <laughs> because they're always curious, and they're asking us, what are we here for? You know, what, 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 what were we created for? What is our purpose in life? And there could be so many right answers, and as well, there could be so many wrong answers. Amen? But there was something in the mind of God when he created the word, he explicitly explained that, what he wanted to do. He said, let us in our own image, after our own likeness. And he said, here on earth, he wants man to reflect his nature. He said, let them reflect our nature. But the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit speaking, before the creation at all. That was the conception. He said, let them reflect our nature. That's the purpose God wanted to achieve by creating man on earth, so we can reflect his nature in the earth. Amen? Amen. So God, in, in, in other words, was trying to make himself available on earth. So he dwells in heaven. He wants his replica on earth. And that's exactly what he said in that scripture. So let us make man in our image, after likeness, that's Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 26. Say, so let them reflect our nature. Meaning, right from the, before the foundation of the earth, the intention of God was that the man he is creating, man and woman, that he was creating back before the foundation of the earth, his intention was that they would be on earth and just reflect his nature so that the entire earth would be seeing God on a daily basis in man. So that was the intention of God then, and it is still the intention of God today. It has not changed at all. Amen? And we try to look at who God is. Who is God? And we recognize that when God created man, all God was doing was serving man. Serving man. It wasn't that way around. God was serving man. He created chapter 2, after he has created the earth, 
created a garden. And then he put the man he has created in the garden. And he told the man to do one thing. He said, keep it and nourish it. Amen? But one thing was clear before God created that garden. He provided everything that would be necessary. That's service. Service. And he asked the man to come and be an overseer. Come take care of it. Amen? And so I did mention last Sunday about the three blocks of life, which is the spiritual block, the family block, and the service block. And in all of those, the common denominator is relationship. God is a relational God. Okay, so we saw that Adam, the first thing he established between him and Adam. The Bible says in the cool of the day, God will come down to the garden and we fellowship with Adam. And later on, it was an addition to the family. Eve was added to the family. More often than now, when we talk about relationship in the family sector, we always concentrate on the man and the woman. The relationship does not start between a man and a woman. Relationship started between a man and God. And any time we miss that order, we have trouble. If there is no proper relationship between a man and God, there is no relationship in that individual's life that we want. The relationship between him and God does not work. Why? Because right from the onset, God created man to be like him and wanted man to to bear his nature on earth. So a man or woman must first establish a relationship with God before any other relationship can succeed. Relationship with husband or wife, relationship with children, with friends, with colleagues at work, it will not work if a man has not connected with God. Amen? So we see that in the spiritual block, relationship was very critical. When, when you move to the family block, then you see relationship was very critical. So not only did God relate with Adam, as soon as Eve was added to the family, the same relationship extend and cascade down to Eve. Amen. And then if you go to the service sector, the same thing like we mentioned, God was actually the one that established the service. He was the one that created the garden. And so a man and a woman who is in the service that God did not create, guess what? It's going to be a very hard labor. Very hard labor. And there are several Christians today that experience such things. Because... We are out of order. We are out of alignment. And as a result of that, rather than enjoy service and work, we enjoy it. Because it's full of labor. So it has to be that 
man is in order. Man is only in order when he establishes a relationship with God. Everything will flow. And so our main topic is created for service. So why did we think God created us for service? Again, we recognize the fact relationship is key, and we see in few examples, like we made a few examples on Sunday, that the intent of God was that in order to look, in, in order to bring people together, in order to make people do or uh, reflect his nature on us, he needed to create a system. And the system is service. And so when he began Adam and he put Adam in the garden. He said to Adam that he is, um, you know, he um, he is free to do whatever he wants. You can eat freely, eat everything I've created except for this one and that one and this one and that one. And so, what we see God was trying to do was to begin to teach Adam not just. Spiritual things, and, and this is where we need to pay very, very good attention. Christians, we tend to think God, um, we put God in a box, like God is just spiritual. And we tend to also bring God in when it comes to relationship, like in a home relationship. But guess what? When it comes to job, or service. And that's not God's department. It's like there's a kind of distance. All right? And that's what we're trying to address. That's when we're trying to have the Holy Spirit overcome. To see that service or our jobs, our talents, was all part of God's plan from the beginning. And so when he created that service, it was like a niche that carved out for Adam. And he, when you look at the relationship between God and Adam, you recognize when you go back to Genesis, I don't have time to read all of this, but if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and you see all this story there, you recognize that there were times when God was teaching Adam how to do stuff. Name all the animals. And the Bible said, Adam gave names to all the animals exactly what God called them. How did that happen? Amen? Again, keep in mind, God created human beings to reflect his nature. And so in that process, he was teaching Adam how to reflect his name, how to do things God's way. And that was a lesson God was passing to us there. But we recognize the fact that if we begin to, to move forward or fast forward, uh, I think I will, let, let's use one example quickly. We want to breed the disconnect between our quote, unquote, um, disposition towards looking at God or being a, a, a spirituality or 
our spiritual life as, as the only thing that God is interested in. I, I want to submit to us that um, you really cannot put any weight between, um, um, not, not between, you cannot say the relationship between us and God in spiritual sector, in family sector, or in the service sector uh, is bad. None is with the other. They have equal width. Amen? But I want to spend a few time to just uh, point to us what this created for service. Uh, let's, use, let's use David as an example. I think David would be a very good example. David is a very, very typical man in the scripture that we all can relate with. He's a man that is full of flaws. It's not like the whole, you know, other character in scripture. No, this is a real man. Amen. Amen? <laughs> so let's look at David. Um, in, in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel um, 16, we recall that Samuel actually anointed David. And let's look, because I want, to, I, want to, I want to connect this with the Holy Spirit how the Holy Spirit gives us gift for service. God gave us the Holy Spirit, empowers us with the Holy Spirit for service. That's the whole essence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's look at 1 Samuel 6, verse 13, and then we will uh, look at, I think, chapter 16, and let's look at David. Two flask or anointed him. With, bro- with his brothers standing around watching. I'm reading from Message Translation. First um, Samuel th- uh, 16, verse 13. First Samuel 16, 13, sorry. Samuel took his flags and anointed him with his brothers standing around watching the Spirit of God. And David, like a rush of wind. Now, that's the Spirit of God. The same Holy Spirit that we receive after Pentecost. The Spirit of this one. Amen? The Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind. God vitally empowering him for the of his life. Now, Attention, the moment the Holy Spirit entered into David, the Bible said, that time onward, the Holy Spirit empowers him for the rest of his life. Okay, this was before Jesus. Okay? Let's jump to chapter 16. And let's read, um, oh, wait, it's chapter 16, sorry. Continue chapter 16. Let's not jump yet. Um, verse number 14. He said, at that very moment, the Spirit of God left Saul, and in its place, a black mood sent by God settled on him. He was terrified and and blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's jump now. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to read all of this. Let's jump to uh, verse 8. Um, verse, well, wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Let's go to verse uh, Let's read from verse 18. Okay, let's read 15. Saul's advisor said, This awful tormenting depression from God is making your life miserable. Oh, master, let us help. This was <laughs> before Jesus, right? This is servant of Saul. You can argue they probably, well, let's argue with the born again, you know. They're not born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit. But what, do, what, what did you see them say to their master? Let us help. Service. Let us help. Okay? What happened next? Oh, master, let us help. Let us look for someone who can play the harp. When the black moose from God moves in, he will play his music and will feel better. Saul told his servant, go ahead. Find me someone who can play well. To me, one of the young men spoke, spoke up. I know someone. Now pay attention to this. I've seen him myself. The son of Jesse of Bethlehem, an excellent musician, also courageous of age, west, and good looking. And God is with him. Yeah? A complete picture of what God created. Right? He got the excellent spirit without any doubt from the Holy Spirit that came upon him. Right or not? Right. Amen? But the key here is he is an excellent musician. Excellent musician and his music because of the excellence in music he was now able to become a servant he was able to produce service now let's go back again the holy spirit came on him now we found out what that resulted, resulted in, it resulted into a musician. Turns David to an excellent musician. We know there are several other things that David did afterwards. He is also an excellent soldier. You know that afterwards. Remember that scripture says from that moment onward, 
everything that he needs. The Holy Spirit empowers him the rest of his life. Now, I want us to put ourselves now in the picture. And every man and every woman that has been born again, we have the same experience. The Holy Spirit comes on us as soon as we're born again. The same spirit. That's why we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the same spirit. God has only one Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of God. The same spirit that came upon David. And the Bible said from that moment onward, that spirit empowers him for the rest of his life. And one thing we know about him, he's an excellent musician. Amen? See, most of the time when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about casting out demons. We think about raising the dead. We think about all kinds of things only in the spiritual sector. And we box God. Now, God has created us for service. All of those are part of the services that the Holy Passed. The problem with that is you don't get to choose which one you get. You can, you can, from now on, think about the dirty Jesus come. If the Holy Spirit don't think you need that, he's not going to. He has given you something. You mess what the Holy Spirit has given you. Rather than just looking at something else. And then see how his power empowers you for the what he wants you to do. Amen? So we saw clearly in the life of David. Saw how excellently he was able to offer services. To the I believe is in Acts of Apostle, Acts of Apostle 13, I believe, in verse 36 or thereabout. He said, We know that David served his generation according to the will of God. The same spirit, that spirit came on him. At the end of the day, it was the service that he rendered that heaven records. So what are we saying? That we are created for service. God has several, several services that he wants to render to our creation. And he has packaged those in the Holy Spirit. And so when a man or a woman got born again and they have the Holy Spirit, there is something that the Holy Spirit has released into us through which God can be made known. That's what happened to David. Amen? Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was our text last Sunday, and let's reiterate that again and see how these play in our scenario, in our lives. And I will quickly run that up to see how we begin to, to leverage these. God, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 4, 
God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries, the services, are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Every man and every woman that is born again has given something. What I found so far in Christianity in church is the fact that we're always looking for something else. We're always looking for something else. Rather than pay attention to what he has given us. And then, bake on that and see how that single deposit of power empowers us for the rest of our life. And there are so many things he he would love to do. But as long as we are not faithful in what he had given us, he's not obliged to do anything else. Amen? Amen. And so our, our call is to begin to look into what he had already given us because everyone, Bible said, each person has been given something to do through which God can be made known. Amen? And that's the essence of our living. Because he created us so we can reflect his nature on earth. So on earth, people can see who God truly is. You know, he wants, we are the revealer of God. Amen? That's what Jesus came to do. To reveal who God is. Everything Jesus did. Every services that Jesus rendered. Amen? So what this means is that as Christians, we are not, we, we, our scope of service is not church. It's everywhere. And the way we begin to cooperate with God, if we truly understand we're created for service, is again to look back into the block, blocks of life. There is nothing you want to do for God <laughs> that you can start building a house from the roof. No, God don't work. That which God has deposited into you the gift of God that is already in you, how can you begin to leverage it? Remember the scripture, very popular scripture that we quote that really pay attention to what it means. Acts of Apostle chapter 8, or chapter, let's read that. I want, I want, I want, I want also to pay attention to And read it 
with understanding. If you're there, you can read. It's in my. Sorry. Uh, no, one eight. Sorry. <laughs> he said, "What you will get is the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you." you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. All over Judea and Samaria, even to the end of the world. Witnessing to God more often than now. We, you know, when we read this scripture back in the days, you know what we do? Every time they read this scripture, the next day, you're taking tracks to the street. Yeah. Literally. And here maybe you go to Walmart. And what do, you, what, do you, what do you think you're doing? Witnessing for Christ. That's how we took this scripture. Shabima witnesses. And so we begin to, to, to witness to Christ. Well, yes. Is there anything wrong in that? No. I don't think that's what God is saying. Witnessing doesn't mean we go preaching. No. Hey, go back to Genesis. What did he say? Let them reflect my nature. You witness for God by reflecting his nature. And how quickly can you best do that? Service. Service. Because again, if we put scriptures together, you recognize that when we go do that and we the Bible clearly told us the unspiritual man does not understand the things of the spirit. Okay? The unspiritual does not understand everything you are saying. But the unspiritual man understands service. That's why God gave us gifts. Because true is true gift relationship will be established. And there is an opportunity for the unspiritual man to meet God. <laughs> because God is in the service provider. Is there anything wrong when we do track? On? No. No. The problem with that is there is less reception. And there might not be a very good opportunity, you know, because we're human beings. And God knows exactly how we are. And so if we receive the Holy Spirit, just like David received the Holy Spirit, and he became an excellent musician, and as David began to minister in music, God shows up in the same way. If you are an excellent teacher, 
as you begin to offer teaching services to your student, God is obligated to show up. If you are a cab driver, I met, I was uh, going to the airport, traveling, and uh, this uh, Uber driver happens to be from China. And he said to me he had been pastoring for over 30 years, pastoring Chinese church, but now he's retired. And he asked, now what do I do? God said, go drive Uber. And he does not understand what that means. And so he said he just thought, okay, that's a good idea. Then he started driving Uber. So now he said as he is driving Uber, he recognized what God was trying to do. He said for 30 years he's been sitting down in one church, ministering to the same people, Chinese people. He said, now God, in his wisdom that he never thought about, said, go drive Uber. He said, now he's meeting from all over the world. Now having opportunity now to talk to people of all race, all color. Found something he never thought could happen. There's something he could not do in 30 years. Now he's achieving it because he simply obey God. <laughs> Service. So he is doing an excellent Uber service. And he is beginning to see God in a way that he never imagined after pastoring for 30 years in a Chinese church. Amen. So what I'm saying to us is that God created us for service. True service, the Holy Spirit that is in us is the one witnessing. He is going to leverage what he is depositing in us and as we are our excellent service, he is going to do what he had created us to do. Amen. Lastly, from Jerusalem. Order is important. If you leave and jump Jerusalem and go there, again, you are out of order. You will be my witnesses beginning from Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem could be your own household. The closest to you is your Jerusalem. So, providing or creating for excellent service, if we don't do that service in our Jerusalem and we go to Judea to do that service, I can guarantee you it's not going to work. Why? Again, you are out of order. You need to do the service in Jerusalem and let God move you to Judea. Amen. says to us, it's our Jerusalem. If we are not producing that service that God has given us, the excellent service that the Holy Spirit has empowered us with, if we can't do it for example, 
people, let's say our home is our Jerusalem, for example, we can't do it in our home, and then we think we can come to the church to do it. It's not going to happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. Amen? Do we have any question? Created for service. Yes, ma'am. That's a very good question. How do you know the difference? I mean, yeah, the fact that I can sing well, the fact that I can play football, the fact that I can, doesn't necessarily mean is, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. So how do I distinguish? Who, who want to take a, who want to help? Who? <laughs> yes, brother. Somebody asks you, how do you get make reference? Mm -hmm. Everything you are doing, and you don't have reference to where it's coming from, you no longer get it. When you talk of my ability, if you are being a, 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 a footballer, you're talking of my ability. If you are being a, a, a singer, you're talking of your ability. You are not making reference to a gift. Then it's not... It's not the rig call you have. Amen. Okay. Let's, someone, any, any other? Yeah, I hope, I hope to add some clarity to uh, what, uh, what he was saying. I think that um, there are natural abilities, you know, um, like I can sing. That's my natural, like, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but there, there are natural abilities. There's also what you would call gifts of the spirit, meaning that without the actual aid of the Holy Spirit, I cannot perform that function. You know, and for everybody, that could even mean singing, you know. Um, but, the, of course, the scripture identifies or clarifies specific gifts that are gifts of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, just to really draw a, 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 a to, to establish a difference between one and the other, a nat there's a natural ability, and then there's something that, and then there's a gift that comes um, from the Holy Spirit that without the Holy Spirit being present or the Holy Spirit doing the work, I couldn't perform it. Amen. Praise God. It's, it's all, it's all, okay, go ahead. put a practical uh, example. Prophecy. Um, uh, the gift to prophesy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, I can prophesy. So, um, 
it's not a natural, it's not something that I did as a result of just being born and having natural talents and things like that. This is something that specifically came, it was given to me as a result of the Holy Spirit's activation. Amen. Yeah. Let me help us out. <laughs> it's a trick question. It's a very good question, but it's a trick, trick, a trick question. I think where we get caught up is the, the, um, the list of things we have in the scriptures. For whatever reason, we think that's all the Holy Spirit gifts. They are not. That's an inexhaustible list. All we have in the scripture are the things that are revealed. Right? Remember, the scripture says, every good and perfect gift. Where did they come from? Are they all listed in 1 Corinthians? No. So a lot of time when I hear that question, I, always, you know, I know it's going to come, I always laugh. So it is not exclusive, right? The, it's not exhaustive. Cannot the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that are listed uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's not a finite list. Every good and perfect gift, they come from God. And how do you get it? From the Holy Spirit. Okay? And it, okay. <laughs> if, if, I, maybe if I finish, maybe you may. <laughs> so the difference is Samson. Samson, uh, our biblical uh, Mike Tyson, <laughs> right, was very powerful. And we know he got that from where? From the Holy Spirit. Was it listed? Was that listed? No, you won't see it in 1 Corinthians. The trick is what I think our brother was trying to explain. Probably we didn't get that. Every gift, good and perfect gift, from God. They come, they all come from God. And so they are Holy Spirit gifts. The difference is when a man or a woman operate outside of the Holy Spirit, then at that moment, the gift, even though it comes from God, is not producing the result God wanted. At that point, it's almost as if I give, I give you a gift and then you, you're messing with it. And Samson, again, is another example. So with the power of the Spirit of God that comes upon him, uh, I mean, he did several things that are not part of what a Nazarite should do. The same gift that came on him, the same power that came on him. He went and killed, you know, Philistines and get their skin for, you know, for, for a, a wife. How did he get the power? It's a gift from God. Was it according to the dictates of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. That's not what he was supposed to do with it. He was supposed to deliver a 
power. So that's the distinction. Every good and perfect gift is from God. If someone can sing properly, it's from God. If he's doing service to God according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you say that's a spirit. That's a spirit gift. If not, it's outside. And so the reason why you don't see all of that in First Corinthians is because, <laughs> I mean, how on earth can God put all the gifts that comes from him in a book? It's impossible. That's not doable. Is talent and gifts the same thing? So again, with this scripture, every good and perfect gift are from God. Talents, whatever it is that you have that gives you, that distinguishes you, that that is unique, an ability that you just you have that is an endowed ability. God said, if it is good, if it is perfect, it comes from me. Why do we want to give it any other definition? So let's stay with what God says. You know, I understand sometimes because of semantics and because of names that we've given, you know, I may not be able to tell you nay or yea, I can guarantee you that every good and perfect gift that come from God is the Holy Spirit gift. That much I can tell you. <laughs> and so regardless of what it is, whether you call it talent, whether someone has called it gift, um, whether someone has called it ability, I don't know. As long as it's good, it's perfect, it's from God. That's what God says. You see, because if, if we begin to use our semantics, we're going we're gonna to get confused and confused and confused. So what I try to do is to stay with the scripture. Because that you can't argue with. God said that. And so I just stick to that. He said if, that, if, if it is good, if it is a perfect gift, then it comes from me. So, if, uh, you know, let's just say, <laughs> this, this may help a little bit. So like we, we saw, we saw an, um, Samson just now. So let's say a, a, a singer. Is, is a singing? I don't know if singing is a good one. I'm looking for something that can play both roles. Um, what gifts? I mean, almost every gift can play both roles. Um, if someone is a good marksman, Marine, a good marksman, a man that can shoot a needle down on the tip of a, a tree or wherever. If he's uh, doing that for sport and he's doing that and, he, you know, he's good at it and, you know, he, that, through that opportunity, you know, he's bringing men God, you know, he's having, creating relationship. Now, that's a very good one. Well, that's a perfect gift from God. Uh, if this same Max man 
is using gun to rob as a result of the ability to be able to shoot perfectly. Is that a gift from God at that point? It's no longer a good gift. You see, God said perfect and good gift. Is it good at that point? No. So it does not qualify as a perfect gift at that point. I don't know if, if that helps a little bit. But, that, uh, but again, it, 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 the, yeah, it's, it's still a gift. You know, if the... the no, no, no. I think gift what, from God. Is it if gift from well, God? The thing about it is, is that, yeah, it's, in other words, the outcome of the use of the gift mm. was not good nor perfect. We could agree. But it was still a gift. A person that is an extremely great uh, marksman, mm -hmm. whether he uses it for good or bad, he's still an extremely great marksman. He it's, can do it. Uh, he, he has something that he's able to do that nobody else can do. It's still a gift. The question is, is it a gift from God at that point? <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to clarify for us that, you know, something that can do the dual role. Okay? It's a gift when it was used the way God wanted it to be used. It, it's, a, it's a gift from God at that point. You use it in a wrong way, then it's something else. Can I, just real quick, um, I, I think I, I know our time is spent. Let's run this up. <laughs> I, it's real quick, real quick. Uh, Malcolm X. Malcolm X was a um, splendid speaker. Um, he had a gift. And... Um, he was the son of a pastor, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he had an a, a extremely good gift. Now, I think it was still a good gift, even though he didn't use it, you know, in, the right, in the right way. But I think it's still a good gift. Okay. It's just that sometimes singers, they misuse their gift. Yes. But it's still a good gift from God. Okay. That's, 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 my, um, that's my... So, right. But it's still a so good that's gift. why I want us to stay with the scripture. So I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, you know, play devil advocate here, play both sides, to see how you get into trouble when you begin to, you know, move away from the scripture and try to use semantics. So that's why I'm trying to create those kind of scenarios. So the, what we have to stay with is God said, every good and perfect gift, they come from me. Okay? We have to stay with the scriptures. So, and, and so the gift of the Holy Spirit, they are inexhaustible. They are not, what is, they are not just what is listed in Corinthians. No, 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 no. We have to stay with the scriptures. So every good and perfect gift, they comes from God. So if someone misused it, and that's the whole point of this teaching, that we're created for service and we're referencing the fact that we do good services, it is supposed to show who God is. Our services is given to us to show who God is. And so once we are not doing that, then we're doing a disservice, right? And so I don't want us to get bogged down with, you know, the list of gifts or, you know, is this from God? Is it not from God? It is from God. Every good and perfect gift is from God. That's what the scripture says. We cannot change that. And so, so if someone is using it wrongly, if someone is doing something wrong with the gift, that doesn't change the fact that it comes from God. Every child of God that is not yet born again today, are they created by God? Doesn't change the fact that they were created by God. 
They are all created by God. They are listening now. They don't know him now. God willing, they will tomorrow. But we know that every human being living on the surface of the earth is created by God. True? It's the same thing. <laughs> Amen? So let's talk to God. Let's, let's, let's talk to God. Let's pray to God. And let's just ask him to help us, you know, to identify what he had already given us. What he had given us is more than enough. If we pay attention to what he had given us and begin to trust him, again, we can't do it on our own, begin to trust him to provide the services through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see the looking for. We want to begin on locale. We want to begin in our Jerusalem. Begin in our Jerusalem. Whatever gift, whatever uh, talent, whatever uh, ability, any name you want to call it, whatever it is that God has given you, begin to use it in your own household. Begin to provide excellent service with that gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given you. Provide that and ask again and again for the Holy Spirit to help you, for him to help him to help you. And to begin to do that, God will begin to create way and begin to make things happen. Because that's what is in his heart, you know, to see into bring fruit unto him. And so let's trust God that beginning from our home, beginning from those who are closest to us, Whatever thing that God has deposited in us, it will empower us for the rest of our lives and we will begin to deliver services to the glory of his holy name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Redeemer God. We bless your name tonight and we give you all the glory as you have created us for service. Even as we get uh, through this uh, teaching tonight and we're trusting that you will enlighten our heart to grant unto us an illumination unto that which you have given unto us. And help you enough to begin to deploy our services, our ministry, that we have been empowered with through the power of your spirit. And your name and your name alone will be glorified. And as we're faithful in our Jerusalem, you begin to move us even towards our Judea, the name of Jesus. And as you and our territory, all the glory shall be yours, even as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say the grace together. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Certainly, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.